0: Hey, this is Tanya. Welcome to Girl Call Me, the podcast for, by, and about Black women. We hope you enjoy today's conversation as we chat about all things health, relationships, and life. We'll have you laughing, testifying, and most importantly, feeling seen and whole as the beautiful Black woman you are. Now on to the nonsense.
1: Welcome to an episode of Girl Call Me. Today, we're not stressed at all. Ever, but we're talking about stress today.
0: Oh, of course not. No, not you <laughs> or me. Not me. Really. Never, never known you know, it. But yes, yeah, you know, it's actually stress is such an interesting topic in the sense that for everyone individually, stress manifests itself in so many different ways.
1: Yeah. And I think you learn probably as you get older, right? You learn a little bit more about. Stress, and then you also start to understand yourself more, and you start to understand what stress looks like and feels like in you. So it's an evolving thing, I think, in people's right. lives, also.
0: Right. And, it, you know, what I used to stress about when I was in my teens, maybe my 20s, and 30s is very different than what I'm thinking about and stressing about, and have full fledged anxiety attacks over. <laughs> At fifty
1: two, <laughs> right? And I don't even think I, it's funny. I was as we were prepping for this episode. I'm like, I wonder when in my life was the first time I actually recognized something as stress. Because you know what we characterize as stress, you know, sometimes is like the largest things in life, like catastrophic tra- trauma. Is like some of us. It's like, oh, well, that's the only thing you consider a stress, right? So if you don't have those in your life, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not stressed. Like, what am I stressed about? But then there's also, like, all of these little things mm-hmm. that happen in life that add up. And a lot of us have a really easy time brushing those off and not yeah. calling those things stress. Yeah. So I'm excited for our guest today that we'll get to talk yeah. more about in a in when we introduce her later in the segment to really help us an, an actual expert <laughs>
0: right, right we know we do think we're google experts yes. so let's not mess around right but, you know it's so interesting because for me stress and i would say i will call it anxiety has always played a place in my life because i have what would clinically called anxiety disorder so i Stress for me when I was younger sometimes used to, and I still it still does. Stress can also manifest itself and have anxiety attacks for driving on the freeway, and you know stress and anxiety can sometimes be having to speak in public or having to yeah and and, yeah like why is she starting a podcast, but (laughs) or having to go into a big meeting and meet with my boss now as a fifty year old woman right, and so you know it's interesting when we think about you know for me my stress and my anxiety and how I have felt throughout my life a bit like I was dismissed
1: right? because
0: of it. Yeah. And how many times do we dismiss people?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, we're, I, I really want to dive into that because I think it's the the big stuff, the small stuff and everything in between and how that impacts our day to day. I think also a big thing you know, that will be important for us to talk about is, you know, what are the barriers for us acknowledging that stress? And as black women, the unique barriers for black women. And I, I think the the most obvious for me is I I is comparative, right? Like this issue of like my struggles are not equal to someone else, and therefore I minimize what those struggles are that could be causing stress. And I think a lot of us do that, whether that's looking back at, you know, a, women in our life and women over history, the black women before us, like our stress doesn't feel like as big as that. Right. Um, also, it could be just, you know, someone in your life growing up who, in, not intentionally, but the, you know, what's the, the whole, you know, I walked uphill both ways to right, school. Right, in the snow. Yeah, no one thinks that, <laughs> you know, so. That's but, not stressful. Right, but you have in, <laughs> right. ingrained in your head, right. like, so whatever you're going through is nothing right. because of everyone before you has been through something bigger. Right. So I think talking through, you know, we talked in a, in another episode about this black superhuman complex and right. what we feel like we have to do to continue to to show up mm-hmm. well in every situation. And part of that is not being bothered, not seeming like anything's getting to us and being in control of everything. Right. And that can lead to a whole lot of stress. So- and I think
0: also it's not about – sometimes it's not that we feel like we have to be in control of everything. Is that society kind of puts it on right, us. Right, right. You know, think about yourself. You know, there has been conversations about how black women have been asked to come into institutions and fix things, right? You know, the – you know, we have – historically, and even in many ways, been asked to come in and be fix it. And what level of pressure and stress does that put on someone? Right. Knowing that maybe, you know, someone else wasn't able to do it. Right. And then we're like, okay, we're going to do it. And then we're determined to do it. Right. And then maybe we fail or we're struggling. And then if we are not able to to create that superhuman result, the results that happen.
1: Well, it's the blessing and the curse, right? It's like the more that we show that we can handle things under pressure, that we're not, that we're, you know, able to handle the stress, the more people put it on us. And then so, so few opportunities come our way. So when opportunities that are heavy and probably pretty Mm -hmm. stressful come our way, we don't feel like we can pass them up. So it's this like cyclical thing. And, you know, as we've talked about, it's so important is... No one is um gonna look out for us except for we need to look out for ourselves. So okay. I, I want to talk too today about like how do we help each other yeah. in this? How do we help each other acknowledge that you have you know acknowledge and make sure other people see that you have stress in your life in yeah. a way that doesn't mean someone snaps back at you and is like, right. girl, I know I'm stressed. Like I don't need you to tell right. me. Right? But like how Don't do tell
0: anyone who's stressed out. That calm they're down. stressed, they're calm or down. Or calm down.
1: Yeah, don't don't worry. Stressed. You're gonna be all. It's right. gonna be all right. right. No, no. So, how do we help each other through this? Is something I want to make sure we yeah. cover today too.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, this. It's a big. It's a big topic. You know, I was talking to a friend recently, and they said, you know, we could actually do a whole season just on stress, because, and we might be. <laughs> well, let's start. Again. Let's start with this episode. But because the rate, because the you know, when you think about, you know, you talk about the superwoman complex, we talk about, we talked a little bit in earlier episodes about hypervigilance. And we also just mentioned a little bit about how the pressure of society has put on us. You know, Black women have a lot on their shoulders. And particularly, you know, there's been a lot of conversations in the recent months about feeling like black women are almost under attack and this, you know, and with the expectations of society and also the expectations at work and family, there's almost, I mean, it's almost sometimes feeling like
1: we're drowning. Yeah. I think, how do we talk about, how do we, talk about and internalize our individual stress when we're carrying and responding to that burden, to your point, right? I think that's what a lot of us are struggling with is if if you watch the news, say, and yeah. you are taking in all of mm-hmm. that external energy that's giving you stress, there's also not a lot of space to make for your own personal stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think if, as I think back on, you know, the past three, four years, you know, we think about COVID Mm -hmm. and we think about the stories of Black women during that time. Mm -hmm. I think, I think particularly for Black women, when we see ourselves in the media, I mean, I think about Breonna Taylor as a great example of one, I mean, that's not a great example of anything except for... I think all of us black women felt s- that story so deeply, mm. and felt like it could be so many of us. It could have been awesome. And it when there are so few representations and stories about black women in the media, and then the ones that are
0: are always are tragic tragedy, are always tragic.
1: That it's very hard to make space for that and your own stuff. Yeah, and I think that it's also very you really got to stop and and think about how much those things are taking a toll on you because I think we sometimes blow right by them yeah and we don't realize what it's doing to ourselves what, what it's doing to us
0: and the question is what mechanisms what toolbox do we have to deal with those things you know I think about whether it's Brianna Taylor or whether it's you know You know, I'm thinking about, you know, and Gay. There's so much. Even the ones that are not tragic stories are feeling like tragic stories right now because of the level of attack. And then, you know, let's talk about every day in our life, you know, in the sense of work, you know, feeling that we don't have the luxury just saying, I have anxiety, I'm stressed out today, I'm going to take a day. Like, do you feel like you could do that? Um, Honestly,
1: I think that I can could take a day. Do I think that I would acknowledge that it's right. about anxiety? Absolutely right. not. Right. I mean, I I'm happy to happy to share. I I had my first actual anxiety attack during COVID, mm-hmm. and I I had several. I right? had, <laughs> my first that I went to the hospital for. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I was like, I don't. I don't know what's happening in my body. Right. And I was on a Zoom call for work mm. like right. one minute before. Right. And I don't think – and I wasn't stressed about work. And that was the part that was really hard for me to figure right. out is I'm like I, the work is not stressing me out. But I'm v- walking through work carrying all this other stuff. Right. And I haven't acknowledged – all the other stuff. And it's like, I, I had thought that I was in a space where I could compartmentalize. So to your question, about like, could I say I'm having anxiety? I, the first step for me is like actually figuring out that that's what it is, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't even think of taking a day off of work because at that moment, work wasn't a stressor.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't work. Did you even know what the stressor was? No. What was the trigger? And I think sometimes there's so much going on. right? In the world, in our personal, and maybe we also, in some ways, I feel like I take a lot on. You know, I call myself occasionally empath in the sense of if someone is struggling or if someone is feeling or if anything's happening, I do feel it deeply. And sometimes I always say that I I don't always know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, whether it's anxiety, whether it's stress. You know, I used to. Have to commute for I think it was over an hour, and every day I would have anxiety attacks in the car, and occasionally have to pull
1: off the side of the road. What did that? How? So when you use the word anxiety yeah. attack, what did that look like for you? For me, it was
0: feel not able to catch my breath, feeling like I was going to die. And it was almost this feeling in my, and, it, and honestly, you know, every, any therapist, anyone would say, well, it's not happening. It's not real. You know, and I'd had so many people say, it's not real. Just keep thinking so positively. It, so cool. it was definitely more mental. The feeling that I was going to die, like this, like this, something like could happen, know. it right. was going to happen. Then the also the sense of losing my breath and not and having to be able to be in control. And it has sort of, I will say that driving on the freeway is still something and it's actually something I avoid. I mean, I could do anything. I've traveled throughout the entire country and I know how to get there anywhere on the streets. And I travel around the country. I use travel for work because I've started to avoid it and I've gone through so many different things. But it's like, what is the trigger? It's the lack of control, not feeling like I can be in control Feeling that someone's going to do something to me, and it's sometimes it's just the unrealistic It's not really real, right? But you can't even like explain it, yeah. And it happened, you know. It's funny because I I would say that I didn't have any anxiety attacks per se during you know the beginning of the pandemic, but I don't know if they manifested itself. I'm yeah. sure I did,
1: right, right, right. I think
0: my my reaction, my stress reactor, was to just seal myself off,
1: right. Well, I it's it, I. I didn't say, I didn't tell anybody except for people in my very close circle about right. when I, you know, had an anxiety attack in, during COVID. And then over probably the past two or three months, having conversations, I've ha- I've had at least four conversations with women of color who have told me the same exact thing happened to me. Or who tell mm-hmm. me their story and I say to them, the same exact thing happened to me this is three years of processing it right. and holding it. that And and these are some of my very good friends. Right. And I had no idea and they had no idea. And it's probably the, the one time actually when you go to the doctor and they were right is like, you know, I had like a million tests run and, and I remember the nurse coming in and saying like, I don't want you to feel like I'm minimizing this, but I want you to know we've seen a lot of people
0: right.
1: in the past few months who've had this exact situation and it's anxiety. And I, in now after the fact i can appreciate that i couldn't process it then i was like you're just missing me like you're just missing what i'm going through but at the end of now looking back i'm like yeah they probably were seeing so many people and i I, for a lot of us who just haven't had to process external stressors internal stressors things that we can't control at the macro and micro level all happening at one time With pretty much zero human interaction. Because I I think like we've been saying, a lot of us feel stress when it's probably been showing up in our body for a whole lot longer. We feel it at like, okay, I'm feeling my accelerated heart rate. Well, like there's probably a lot of stuff happening before that. Right. So let's, let's introduce yeah, our guests. Okay,
0: let's go ahead and introduce Nicole. Yes, yeah, so we are so lucky to have an expert with us to talk a little bit about stress. I, Jessica and I have been talking anecdotally just about our personal journeys, but it's great to have Nicole Weeks with us. Nicole is the Harry S. and L. Madge Rice Thatcher Professor of Psychological Science and professor of neuroscience that's right nicole's specialty and her focus is on the effects of stress
2: mm-hmm.
0: on your brain mm-hmm. she has published and researched many things particularly talking about the disparities with black and brown and people of color Absolutely. so welcome nicole well thank welcome. you and i didn't thank say that so she's at pomona college so I, I probably i forgot that big no part you so know so <laughs> and she's
2: been at pomona college for, for 25 years <laughs> i think this may be 26
1: yes I have to go back yes and count. yes so what made you just if you'll give us a little sure. bit of what made you get into this field and how um, yeah, anything you love about it
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so the part of the field that's more scientific in terms of my own profession, is really investigating hands-on how do people experience stress, how does it affect them psychologically, how does it affect them physiologically. That's something I've always been interested in. I think I was always a high-anxiety kind of person, and I came from a family with Mm high-anxiety, mental health issues, you know, below the neck or physical health issues so it was always interesting to me to think about that connection so that's always been a part of my life this idea of how i experience stress how the people around me experience stress and sort of what might be the outcomes of that so definitely in terms of the topic area right that was definitely personal and then I would say, when I was in college and also graduate school, I, I wondered whether I would be someone who was a full-time research scientist, was I going to be in the lab, you know, working on stress molecules and things like that, but I found the thing that I most loved was to teach, to mentor, and to communicate with people from all walks of life. And so this is very consistent for me with that piece. So. Those pieces together, you know, make it very comfortable for me to be a professor at a small liberal arts college. Mm -hmm. I still get to do some research, but it's really, for me, about the relationships that I've been able to form here. Nice. And how does that, how do
1: you feel like your research and your expertise makes its way into your personal life?
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we were talking about this earlier. It definitely does. So I think probably most people would say this, that I try to live in such a way that's consistent with the things that theoretically I know, right? Right. So I know the ways in which um, taking on too much, the the ways in which we just sort of keep things in and just sort of power through Mm -hmm. because that's what we do as black women, right? I know that that's not a healthy way to live. I know the mechanisms by which living that way increases our risk of cardiovascular issues, increases our risk of immunity, likely increases the likelihood that in with childbirth, those of us who choose to do so, that we're likely to have less healthy offspring, things like that. So, so it's sort of this amazing disconnect to think, well, I know this. I know this research as well as m- most folks out there. And yet I find myself still living in such a way as if I didn't, really appreciate take seriously how dangerous i will say in some ways that that stress can be right you
0: know i was i was we were looking at some of the the information that you gave us to read yes Uh and as someone who i would Mm -hmm. call myself a high stress Mm -hmm. individual Many, maybe on level ten sometimes. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I was, I was fascinated and a, a little bit stressed. Yes,
2: right. That's just <laughs> a I was pretty
0: stress yes. about every the amount of things that yes. stress yes can impact yes in someone's
2: body. Yes. So let me let me talk a little bit about that. That's absolutely the case, and I think there's an excellent book which I definitely recommend that you're you're viewers your audience uh, listens to which is called why zebras don't get ulcers it's by a gentleman named robert sapolsky who's a stressed physiologist i'm at, ordering it at right stanford now. i recommend that you do but one of the things he does a brilliant job about talking about when you're stressed there are two chemicals that are released in the body, main chemicals that are released. Those are adrenaline. We think about that as increasing your heart rate, increasing respiration, your breathing, all those kinds of things. And then there also is another chemical called cortisol. And cortisol seems to be particularly important in terms of regulating those same systems, but even more so, for example, your immune system. So we've got these two chemicals that get released when our brain when our psyche experiences stress. And we know between those two of those, change in activity and functioning of your heart, your lungs, your digestive system, your reproductive system, your brain, and your immune system. And so when people wonder, I feel stressed, and But I, I don't know how that would be connected. Why would it be the case? You're like that, from top to bottom. Yes, exactly. Right. Like and literally part. that. that right. Literally that. And it, it goes as deep, as scientific as there are actually receptors, like locks in your body, right, that are sensitive to these stress hormones. So believe it or not, your immune cells actually have on them receptors for cortisol. So it's it's not... Once you understand those things, it's not so much of a surprise Mm. that when we're under high levels of stress, we wind up sort of a cross system, right? Breaking down. That's exactly right. I, I could not say it better. Absolutely. So we understand the mechanisms by which, right? It's not just phenomenological. It feels to me like every time I'm stressed, these things happen. Right. As scientists, we understand, oh, I can tell you some of the exact mechanisms by which stress affects your heart rate, for example, stress affects your immune system, stress affects your memory. Hmm. We understand those things pretty well at this point. Hmm. What what unique
1: experiences with stress are black women up against?
2: Oh, so without question. So one of the things we talk a lot about in stress research is this idea that there are different types of stress, right? So there's acute stress, like I need to get through this moment, right. right? And there's certain things that happen in the body when you're experiencing acute stress. And generally speaking, those are beneficial, right? I've, I've got to live through this day. I've got to make my way to. I need to avoid getting into this, this traffic accident, those kinds of things, right. which really are there for our survival. The problem is that the most of the kinds of Things that we as black women deal with are not these acute things. I can take action and they'll go away. Instead, we wind up in these situations that are more chronic. And so an example would be, just broadly speaking in stress, we talk about what kinds of things are stressful. Things that are unpredictable. Hmm. Things that are uncontrollable. Things where we perceive there being a threat to the way in which we think about ourselves. All of those things. Those are like the three biggies in terms of what's going to make. I love that. So so when you talk about threat, when you talk about stress, the three things that may be most critical, we've known this for maybe 30 years now, are how predictable the stressor is, how controllable or lack of controllability the stressor is, and how much it makes us interpret a certain circumstance, something about ourselves right have to make sense of what does this mean about me in this circumstance so i remember when i was first learning you know these aspects these triggers of stress it was so obvious to me sort of well who winds up in those situations Hmm. that are uncontrollable that are unpredictable that say something about our us and and I, i will say one example i'll give just very briefly is you know i i came from two sort of upwardly mobile West Indian parents. Hmm. And their way of raising us was to say, just work three times as hard. Don't talk to me. Sounds like my life. Right? Right. We both have that in common. Right? Don't talk to me about this person (laughs) isn't treating you well, that person isn't. Mm -hmm. Take on full responsibility and just make it better. (laughs) And on some level, you feel like, oh, well, that's probably how we got here. That's probably why we're successful as we are, because we sort of put our heads down, took it on, and went. Without this appreciation I now have for, yeah, that might get you through the moment. That might even get you through a career. But don't think you're not paying for those decisions. And so that's, you know, that's the ways in which I think, especially, right, not just black women, but when you think about marginalized groups, Mm -hmm. when you think about people who come from particular types of socioeconomic uh, situations, people who come from societies where there just is no way to control what's going on around you, then it shouldn't be so, so strange to us that these are the same individuals that wind up with autoimmune disorders, of which I have one, right? The same individuals who are going to die early of a heart attack. Let's think about, you know, Black women in academia, Mm. right? So that shouldn't surprise us at all. We understand the mechanisms by which that happens. Nicole, I want to go back a little bit about something that you said. Sure.
0: And it's... It's it's basically something we have in common, being raised by yes. Caribbean. And I'm sure there's many people that's not just Caribbean, right, so raised just to push through absolutely and get it done absolutely. and no excuses. Yeah, exactly. But how let's fast forward to now. Yeah, <laughs> we're adults. Absolutely. We're we're oh, absolutely how what advice do you have? And how do you what, how, what advice do you have for people navigating that? Yes. Because we are taught not to really talk about it. Yes. There are a lot of people talking
2: about it now. We're talking about therapy. Yes. yes, What? How do you, what is your advice? Yeah. So so I'll say a couple of things on a a couple of different levels. One is, you know, it was, it was, it's been a great experience to be at an undergraduate liberal arts college Mm -hmm. because in a strange way, right? Even though theoretically I came here quite educated, I remember when I got here 25 years ago, and and whether I wanted to or not, I was still carrying my parents and mm-hmm. their way of raising us here with me, right? And so when I would talk to, when I would mentor students, I would wind up saying the same kinds of things that my parents said to me, which were things like, you just push through, put your head down and push through. We have to be three times as good, mm-hmm. be four times as good. And it was amazing to me that some of my students would say, Wait, for how long?
1: Well, where's <laughs> the exploration? Right,
2: right. Because if what you're saying is, you know, at some point things are going to change, but right now they are what they are and work with them. Okay, I get that. But how are things ever going to change if if we keep allowing them to be? Hmm. So I think that's been a real sort of evolution for me, for sure, in terms of thinking about right why am i still willing to do this work this way even if it's not talking about well, maybe breaking down my body it certainly was but even just from an from an issue of, of social justice why would i just continue to stick continue to to perform in the ways that i have been doing nothing to serve the next generation or generations after that so i think that was a huge piece for me i also think it was really very difficult, but also very liberating. When I often tell a story of a lot of us started to fear or, or become disillusioned when Trump became the president. Mm. I got disillusioned when Obama became the president. Mm. And the reason I say that is because yeah. I very much felt like, here's my guy. Yeah. My parents were right. If you're so clean and you're mm-hmm. so smart and you're so well-spoken, right, what could they possibly do but embrace mm. you? Right, mm-hmm. and they did everything but wow. Right, and so for me, that <sighs> that was also another turning point of like, what am I doing? What am I living? Like, who am I serving in living this particular way? So, so those two, and then I would I would just add, as I started to you know show signs of wear, if you will, in my own body, I think that. That also made me have to turn around and say, this way of being, this way of performing in the world has served me well academically, professionally, what have you. But the more I realize that's not the only things I care about in life, the more I have to start re-weighing. Like, is is this the way I want to live? Is this the way I want to die? Is this the way I... And that's been, you know, so I think all of those things in terms of, I think we all need to take a step back, which we usually don't have time to do, and ask those questions. Well, that's an
1: amazingly evolved (laughs) approach, because I think, I I can imagine so many people, particularly because of those external factors, turn to resentment. Yes. Once you have that kind of enlightenment,
2: then you're harboring this resentment, all of the reasons. What did I do? Yeah. Why did I, uh, why did I put put that time in? Mm-hmm. Put that time in. You know what? I think there, uh, yeah, I definitely continue to go through some periods of resentment, but it's also really freeing. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I was hiding behind, like, I'm not good enough as a person unless I do. I perform right. I perform whiteness. I perform whatever it is. Brilliance in a particular way mm. that that's my only value. So I think, as frustrating as it is to have that wiped away and to work on wiping that away for myself and others, there is also this like, when I was always good, mm-hmm. I was always amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't need to look or feel or whatever like these folks over here who automatically, no matter how they perform in the world, get that kind of respect. So I do feel like it's been both. It's been it's been harsh and hard, and there are times when I'm really angry about, you know, what seemed to be necessary in order to get to the place I'm in. But there are also times where I'm allowed now to say this was a performance and sort of take off that costume. How do we support each other Yeah, in getting there? Yeah.
0: Because are we modeling? Who are we modeling yes. after? Right? Yes. And when we're trying to girl calling me yeah. moment yeah, 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 and you're yeah. and you're having that issue
2: yes how do you help someone get to that other side
0: of where you're talking yes
2: about? so so i mean we we spoke about this just a moment ago but but i love the name of this podcast girl call me because i feel like we do it maybe more often than we give ourselves credit for i think one of the magical things about black women we're always you know. Criticized for being witches uh, or the bitches or whatever we're criticized for. But there really is. Intense. Right? There really is whatever (laughs) at the 10th level of of seven. Right. So all of that, all of that, all of that. But I think what we do better than any other group I know is support each other. And I cannot tell you the number of times, you included, where, girl, I got to call somebody because I can't believe what just happened to me. And I don't want to believe it's because I failed. And I don't think it is. But I need somebody else to remind me how the system works. Right. And so I, for me, that has been so powerful. Even when I was willing to perform and maybe in some ways able to perform at a level that I refuse to do today, I think I always relied on, I, I still need, even if I'm going to keep acting this way, I still need... One of my girls to remind me, yeah, but that isn't the reality of the situation, okay. right? So, so I do think I think one, I think this idea of keeping those circles tight, and and also sort of normalizing for each other. I was talking to someone about menopause actually recently, and I, and I thought, God, why don't we have these conversations more? Mm. It was so empowering. To hear someone else say, yeah, I feel like I'm losing my mind too. Right. Yeah, I don't have right. to do with the fact that I just don't feel confident in these ways that I used to, right? So I think that goes a long way in terms of, you know, it's it's self-care, but a student of mine has recently been teaching me about, like, community care, mm. that we care for each other, community right? Care. And so I think that's a really important piece of it, is how do we build community, around a lot of things that we have to deal with but but around sort of bearing witness i was thinking about that on this on my way over bearing witness to the struggles that we all have and making sure we understand that they're real
1: mm-hmm.
2: and making sure that we have each other's back through them oh i love like that so I'm testifying right
0: right <laughs> the audience is listening, right, testifying right. right. Oh, right. It. thank you <laughs>
1: So on the self care yeah, note, yeah. you know, I think for for those of us maybe who are newer to um, the space of where maybe you're going to more specialists or yes. you're taking care of yourselves in different ways and having more people weighing in. On yes. What's going on? Yes. Yes, body, yes, absolutely. You know, we hear these things like heart rate variability right. or cortisol but right. it's like you know my iWatch is telling me what my HRV is yes. and then giving me you know seven lines of like here's what that is right, you know, right. aim for right. higher next month and I have no idea what any of that is yes or the cortisol conversation yes can you talk to us about just from for ourselves yes what should we actually, what, what are small things that we should be paying attention to? And yes. What are the best ways for us to do that?
2: Yes. I, I really appreciate that question. And I'll just give you an example from my own personal life and then my scientific life. And that is, as a researcher who's performed a number of studies looking at cortisol and memory or cortisol and health or things like that, cortisol is an important measure in terms of trying to predict somebody's Stress level, as is adrenaline, as are things like heart rate variability. So just think about if you think about simply your heart rate, the beat at which, the rhythm with which your heart beats, right? And what it's doing is it's beating oxygenated blood to the rest of your system. Your system, your muscles need that blood with oxygen in it. And so it's your heart that has the ability to pump blood throughout the system, create nutrient nutrients for the rest of the system. Heart rate variability is the idea that there are times when your heart needs to work harder, right, it's important to get more oxygenated blood to the system, and there are times when the system doesn't need to work as hard or needs to re-regulate itself. So heart rate variability talks about the ability of your heart to be sensitive to the environment, either an internal environment or an external environment and that's a positive thing you want your your heart to be sensitive this, these are the needs right now and i'm i'm going to be able to sometimes do that by pumping more blood and sometimes do that by pumping less blood so when you hear something like heart rate variability it is basically how sensitive how able is your heart to bump faster but to pump sorry faster or slower at different points the issue with any of those measures is that they may explain some percentage the difference in stress between you and me but it's usually a fairly small amount that can be explained by the difference in our heart rates or heart rate variability Hmm. cortisol cortisol variability or so 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 my concern sort of like when i was doing sex difference research and we would find significant effects in the way that scientists think about significant effects between men and women on a particular task, what is the day-to-day practical implication of that? Often not much at all. Mm-hmm. So I want to I say, I want to honor that. I think it's great that we've got all of this data now, but my concern, and I think this is an accurate concern, is the conclusions that we, right not only laymen, laywomen, but also scientists, what we think that means in, in a day-to-day and real life. So that's what I would say. I think it can be useful to have those measures, but almost always those measures only predict a pretty small amount of whether or not you're stressed. So maybe
0: we should put down the
2: iPhones. I'm just saying. Put down. But there are so many Put down many, the, the watch. There are so many reasons. And pick up put a yoga mat. Uh, you know <laughs> what? I think a yoga mat would be great. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think, Brett, Isn't it always the case that that our own internal knowledge is yes. questioned. I love data though, yeah. right? I mean, oh, oh, The listen, data may you, stress you're, me. You're, I might no, be stressed by the data. That's exactly right. And, <laughs> and you may be stressed by the data in ways that make absolutely no sense. So uh, I, of course. Maybe. Google right? doctor. i am so right right just, just say it. i am just saying. WebMD, you know. <laughs> right. So, so, I, so I want to make sure that I say that. I'm, okay. I am not against you. It's always like, you, uh, better, uh, give me more data than less data. Don't get me wrong. But, but I have to be very careful as a mm-hmm. consumer of that data. Mm-hmm. What I, and that's exactly mm-hmm. right. I do think that there's a way to say, some of it's mindset, although I don't love that term, but what am I willing to give up to live a particular way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a clear understanding that when you're under high levels of stress for long periods of time, you are breaking down systems of your body. I think the question is are you willing to pay that? And if you're not willing to pay that, then I think you do have to think okay, what are the kinds of things? And and again, these are not mysteries. We know about diet. We know about exercise. We know about meditation. We right? So 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 I think one follows from the other. Once you appreciate again sort of internally that experience of stress and once you recognize there are biological markers that are predicting that stress and then that there are also parts of your body that are going to be very sensitive to those biological markers. So a lot of it, I think, is really awareness of what's off and you, right, you are the best person to know what's off in you. Your eye watch, eye gram, whatever it is you're using <laughs> Did you say I to gram? measure, I'm not <laughs> sure. You I know what? I'm not a social media kind I of gram. I love that. You know, that. whatever it is, <laughs> interwebs, whatever, however you getting your data, you know when things are off in you. Right. And I'm not yeah. suggesting that that's your only measure. Yeah. But I am saying without having to go to a doctor and then take blood, take saliva, take whatever they're taking, you already know when something's off in you. We can talk about the mechanism for it, but most critically, that should set off alarms for all of us to say, I know there's something wrong. What do I, what do we know about the kinds of behaviors that would get me back on track? Yeah, with, it's interesting.
0: You know, knowledge is incredible, right? Isn't it though? (laughs) It's not, it's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about, you know, myself and my, other friends yes. as well as yourself who yep. has, have been or are in leadership positions. Yes. Yep. Who feel as though they can't get off yes. the wheel. Yes. They can't stop, they take can't take the time to go to that doctor. That's it. They can't take time to not look at their watch. That's it. Although they know that they are yes. high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all this. Yes. And they need to get to that yoga class. Yes. They still need to do that PowerPoint presentation so for their board, right? Without question. How and what
2: yes can we do yes yes yeah so so gosh I wish I knew right I mean that's the first answer I, I I do think sort of as we've spoken before I think it's not a, an issue of belief I think it's an issue of understanding you may make this choice okay. to be in this stressful career and that clearly right gets rewarded in a variety of different ways right let's be clear about that we're not we're not doing this um altruistically usually right we put in that extra time and we get rewarded in a number of different ways and that's important to us all i think it's it's easy to over emphasize that oh i'm going to keep doing this because the pay is good i like my colleagues whatever it is for you that's fine and great but maybe spend a little bit more time recognizing, right? But as I'm being rewarded in these ways, I am being punished or I'm punishing my body in those ways. And and I'll say to you, this is something that I struggle with, and I know many of us do, is when I think about, do I want to take that promotion? Do I want to go to this place with this higher degree, with this higher title, what have you, Right. I think we do have to start asking those questions a little bit more. Is it worth it? And the question of worth it, I think we need to be very clear about what we mean, right? Is it, is it worth it for the larger house, for the car, for the whatever, right. Right. as well as am I okay with autoimmunity? And I'd say, right, Right. I mean, honestly, we need to be, that's it, I'm just saying it, (laughs) right, I think we do, but I also want to bring back what my students would say, which is, I don't think that means that we need to say, no, it is not worth it, we are not going to go into higher leadership positions, right, Right. that's nonsense, but then we also have to figure out, are there ways, working together, that we can make that not be so much of a trade-off? That it not feel as a black woman like if I take on this role, if I make this money, if I get finally the respect I've always deserved, right? Is there a way to do that and not have there be that cost? That that's the other thing. So again, a lot of a lot of my students, mostly and my niece who is uh, of that same in that same generation, would say don't give up. Right. You need, you need, we need to be part of changing what is. Right. I am so happy these generations are saying this. There's no question. That is, there's, there's no, no question. question. See how we're that. that okay. <laughs> Okay, they exactly. can call me 20 years. They can save us. I do think those are important things for us to be thinking about. What is it worth? What does it cost me? And if, like most of us, we say, I'm not willing to give up and not be in these positions. I deserve my seat at that yeah. table, too. Yeah. Well, is there a way that we can rebalance the equation? Rebalance. You know, that's what I would say. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, that's the it's my pleasure. Oh
1: one thing to end on you know you you commented earlier about girl calling yes uh, and you know as we think about that community care yes you yes your students have talked about when we have the moment yes. where we feel all those things yes know, and yes we need a release yes you know what would you what would be your advice as we're helping each other yes when we pick up the
2: phone yes so so i think Definitely, even even before we pick up the phone, acknowledging that there are people out there. Acknowledging that there are people out there willing to hear your story and who are likely to be able to connect. Mm. And as I was talking about earlier, just sometimes I'm amazed when I sort of come out of formal character and say something like, man, am I having a hard day with menopause today, how it opens, you know, it opens a gate for people to have that communication and to and to be there for each other. So when I think about girl call me, it makes me smile. And I said this to you all earlier, because there's a part of me that's like, girl, call me because I can't take this shit no more. But there's another part of me that feels like, girl, call me because I know you can help me here. I know I know that you can bear witness to this. And so that's why I think it's, I really do. I'm not just saying this, ladies, women, I, I, I think it's a brilliant title because I for me, it has both of those. Mm. It has the man are we in it deep. But it also has the we have deep bonds. Yes. We have deep bonds.
0: And we have a deep bond. Oh, and I'm so grateful. Thank you
1: so much. It's that's my, my honor. honor. And God. I know everyone will
2: appreciate us hearing your
1: nuggets of wisdom. Oh. Awesome.
2: I'm
1: proud to be part of it. I'm proud to be with you. Of it. My pleasure. Hey, it's Jessica. Thanks for listening to Girl Call Me. If you have something to add or a story to share, come on over to Instagram or Facebook and join the conversation. Also, make sure you follow and subscribe, Girl Call Me. You don't want to miss when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening.